The moon casts an eerie glow over the quiet town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. A chilling tale unfurls, a tale that has haunted the community for decades, and the heart of the night whispers echo through the mist-laden streets, recounting spine-tingling encounters with a winged enigma known as the Mothman, his silhouette etched in the collective nightmares of those who have glimpsed it. His glowing red eyes is the embodiment of fear itself. Brace yourself as we dive into the darkness, prying into the depths of the Mothman legend, uncovering the mysteries that lurk beneath its surface, and perhaps even uncovering the truth that was never meant to be revealed. Take a deep breath, for the chilling tale of Mothman beckons, and once you have crossed its path, your world may never seem the same again. November 12th, 1966. The Mothman sightings begin in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Five men digging a grave at the cemetery claim to see a large flying creature with glowing red eyes. Three days later, November 15, 1966, two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Stephen Mary Mallett, report encountering a large winged creature near the abandoned TNT area of Point Pleasant. They describe it as a man-sized figure with glowing red eyes. The next day, November 16th of 1966, a press conference is held to discuss the sightings of this creature, leading to widespread media coverage. Eventually, a Dayton-based newspaper terms the phrase Mothman. Later on in the month, November 25th of 1966, the Mothman is spotted by a group of volunteer firefighters near a coal mine in Clendenin, West Virginia, approximately 90 miles from Point Pleasant. They claim that the creature had flown overhead with glowing red eyes. This would all come to a head December 15, 1966, a fateful day that the people of Point Pleasant will never forget. The silver bridge connecting Point Pleasant to Gallipolis, Ohio, collapsed during rush hour traffic. Just the day before, Mothman had been seen above the trusses of the bridge. This all resulting in the tragic death of 46 people. Some speculate a connection between the collapsing of the Silver Bridge and the Mothman. Mothman sightings continued throughout the years, but with reduced frequency compared to the last several months. Some witnesses claim seeing the creature is a harbinger of impending disaster. What's going on, guys? Before we get into it, if you're not already, please like and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on any of the podcasting platforms, please leave a review. If you can already tell by the title and the intro, we're going into the Mothman legend on this episode. This is one that I have been looking forward to doing for almost a year. The complicated thing with it is that there is a lot that goes into the Mothman legend. And it's one that you can go down all kinds of curves and all these different roads when you're looking into it. So it's kind of a hard one to stay on topic with. So we will not cover every single thing connected with the Mothman incident or the Mothman prophecies in this episode, but we will try to do our best to hit all the highlights. One topic I kind of want to hit on before we go any further is the topic of the curse of Chief Cornstock. So Chief Cornstock was a part of the Shawnee tribe. He had been in the area of Point Pleasant for a while, he was there at the Battle of Point Pleasant in 1774. Eventually, in 1777, him and his son went to Fort Randolph to strike a peace arrangement um, between the Shawnee and a local landowner. However, once he arrived, him and his son were both betrayed, and then eventually 
Chief Corn Stock was killed in an incident called the Fort Randolph Massacre. So before 1966, there were other weird sightings around Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Almost 50 years before the first incident on November 12th of 1966, a large winged bird was seen flying over Point Pleasant with red eyes once again. A lot of people have um, speculated that it's the Thunderbird from um, Native American culture. There's not really any word on out what, what it is, but those are when the first reports started happening. So before we get to the events of November 12th and 15th of 1966, I want to go back to November 2nd. On November 2nd, a prominent businessman or a traveling salesman of sewing machines named Woodrow Durenberger, he was traveling home from Parkersburg, West Virginia, along Route 77, or Interstate 77, if you will, to his home in Mineral Wells, West Virginia, when he was confronted by what he describes as a cylindrical craft coming down and a man getting out and speaking with him. We're going to go ahead and listen to a recording of Woodrow Durenberger explaining the events of that night. Well, I, was, I am a salesman, and I drive a truck, and last night, uh, shortly after 7 o'clock, I was coming from Marietta, Ohio, coming down Interstate 77. And just before I came to the intersection of uh, Route 47, there was a car past me, overtaking me from behind. And following closely behind this car was this unidentified flying object. And as the car ahead, or the car behind passed me, this object, was following close behind it, and it swerved directly in front of my truck, turning crosswise. And when it turned crosswise, it slowed down. It started slowing not abruptly or too fast, but it gave me plenty of time to step on my brakes and slow down with it. But it forced me to come to a complete stop. As soon as I had stopped, there was a door opened in the side of this vehicle, and this man stepped out and came directly to me, or came to the truck. He walked to the right-hand side of the truck, and he told me to roll down the window. He asked me to roll down the window on my right-hand side of my truck, and I had done what he asked. And this man stood there, and he, uh, he first asked me what I was called, and I knew he meant my name, and I told him my name. And uh, he asked me, he said, uh, why are you frightened? He said, don't be frightened. We wish you no harm. He said, we mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. And uh, I told him my name, and when I told him my name, he said he was called Cold. That was the name that he was called by. And he asked me what the city of Parkinsburg, he pointed to the lights. He didn't point, but he gave the impression that he was pointing, and he asked me what that was called. And I told him it was a Parkersburg, it was a city, a town, and he asked me if most all the people lived in the, this city or town. And I explained to him uh, that it was a place of business, it's where we transacted our business, that the people lived in communities, outlying communities, most of the people. And when I told him that this was a city, he said that his where his home was, that that was called a gathering. And uh, again, he told me not to be frightened, which I was. I was, I was very frightened. 
And as far as I can understand, this was all mental. There was no spoken words from him. I knew what he was asking me, but yet he stood there and his mouth did not move. He had a smile on his face. He was he appeared very courteous and friendly. And after I talked with him a while, he told me he would see me. He said, we will see you again. And he left in his vehicle. Now, Mr. Dernberg. I would just like to add that on that same night, there was another woman in Point Pleasant that saw a similar craft who said two men had exited and asked her a series of strange questions. This was then reported to the Point Pleasant newspaper, and then an article followed the next day. So this brings us to the events of November 12, 1966. Uh, five men, I couldn't find any um, reports saying what their names were. They were just five um, grave diggers for the local cemetery that were digging a grave at the time and saw a large um, man-sized or man-shaped creature flying overhead uh, with large wings. They also reported, once again, the same thing we're hearing and seeing over and over again, large red eyes. Um, they were kind of the first to stir up a little bit of kind of a craze for what was going on. But what really got things going was the events of November 15, 1966. Two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarsberry and Steve and Mary Mallett, were out driving and Steve's uh, 50... Seven Bel Air, I believe it was, uh, out near the TNT area, also known as the McClinton Wildlife Management Area. Um, as they were approaching the North Power Plant, which is out towards the wildlife area, they noticed in the road a large, a large figure standing there, which they said initially they thought it was a person. As they got closer, they saw the glowing red eyes. They saw that it had um, a small head just sitting on its shoulders, no neck. Um, with wings tucked behind its back. As they approached it, it scurried away out near the McClinton Wildlife Management Area. As they passed it, they continued to drive. As they were going down the road, they started to notice in the rearview mirror that it was flying right behind them with its large red eyes. They could see him in the rearview mirror flying towards them. It followed them for miles. Steve reportedly had the card excesses of 100 miles per hour trying to get away from it. It wasn't until they, were, until they got back to the city limits that this creature had broken its pursuit. I would like to mention that both of these couples were well-known, fairly young. A lot of their friends from school say that they were really trustworthy, and they were very academically and socially active in their years in school. But after they had broken the pursuit of the creature, they then found the sheriff. They went to the local police station or sheriff's department and let them know what they had seen, and they actually believed them enough to go back out there with the couple and, and look around the area. They went to the North Power Plant. Um, the officers had shined the light up towards the roof. They had saw something with, once again, bright red eyes uh, up on the roof. They went to investigate inside of the power plant and were unable to find anything. But that power plant is also the subject to another part of the mystery of Mothman. On a November evening in 1966, Bob Bosworth and his friend were out riding their motorcycles out in the TNT area when they decided to turn off their headlights and kind of ride by moonlight along the route of a curvy road. I guess they thought it was going to be a good time or fun. So they were riding along, and as they passed the North Power Plant, they too saw something up on the roof with red eyes. Um, they couldn't make it out, but it looked like a man. So they went to investigate, 
and I'm going to now play a clip of Bob explaining what he had witnessed in that in that instance. Following the events of the Mallets and the Scarberries, on November 16, 1966, a press conference was held in Point Pleasant to discuss the events of the Mothman, at this time was just called the Point Pleasant Monster. This, this press conference, widespread media coverage of the event, a Dayton-based newspaper came out. They published an article calling it the Mothman, and the name stuck. I've never really got that because from everything that from a lot of the other descriptions it's really described as kind of a bird one man even described it kind of as having a raven's head so where they get the mothman from i don't know i do remember reading that the the journalist that had come up with the name take it had taken it from a batman villain the batman tv show was pretty popular at that time as well as the comic books so i guess he was just a fan of batman and and used it to used it to create some kind of following around around what was going on. So also at the press conference, people of Point Pleasant and the local areas were really 
starting to want to defend themselves. So they were really just looking to find out if they could shoot it and if there was going to be a reward for it. So between the 16th and the 25th, there's several more sightings of Mothman in the area and other kind of injured cold incidents coming about, as we heard from Woodrow Durenberger and others. There was a lot of UFO sightings as well between that time out near the TNT area and kind of in a triangular pattern from Point Pleasant to Parkersburg down to Mineral Wells, even close to Charleston or going towards Charleston, there was some more reports of these strange activities. However, on night on November 25th of 1966, two volunteer firefighters in Clendenin, West Virginia, saw a large winged creature with large red eyes fly overhead of them as they were near a mine shaft. Clendenin is almost approximately 90 miles from Point Pleasant, so like I said, there's like this triangular area of weird activity that's it's almost like a, you could, like the Bermuda Triangle, but the West Virginia Triangle. For the rest of 1966 in Point Pleasant region and some areas, some areas even going into Ohio, there are reports of Mothman, UFOs, strange lights, you name it. But everything kind of came to a head for Point Pleasant on December 15th of 1966. The Silver Bridge US-35 crosses the Ohio River from Point Pleasant to Gallipolis, Ohio, collapsed, um, resulting in the death of 46 people. A lot of the residents had kind of blamed or attributed to the collapse to Mothman. There are some accounts of FBI-style agents, men in coats, showing up days before that, asking weird questions. There were some sightings of Mothman on the bridge, um, climbing uh, near the top or near the center of the of the structure. Many believed that Mothman was the cause of what had happened to the Silver Bridge. Now, where a lot of this lore comes from, and the reason why it's still here with us today, is because John Keel. John Keel, in 1966, was a very established journalist. He had written articles for Fate magazine, Playboy, and even the Times. He covered a wide array of topics, including UFOs, cryptozoology, and even paranormal incidents. Keel's involvement with the Mothman case began in 1966 when he arrived in Point Pleasant, West Virginia to report on the strange happenings. He extensively researched and interviewed eyewitnesses delving into the sightings of the winged creature and the overall atmosphere of unease that gripped the city. Keel's investigation went beyond the surface level of encounters with the Mothman. He explored the connection between the Mothman encounters and other paranormal activity that was happening in the area. During this time, he recalls that he had multiple encounters with a being named Indrid Cold, who was giving him bits of information about things that were to happen. One of those things being a big event on December 15th, which he originally thought was which he originally thought something bad was going to happen to a to a defense logistics agency site, which ended up being the Silver Bridge collapsing. In his book, The Mothman Prophecies, published in 1975, Keel recalls his accounts and his theories and thoughts on the actual events of the Mothman incident. One of his notable thoughts is the idea of an ultra-terrestrial being, i.e. Andrew Colm, who he believed was causing all of the Mothman sightings and the paranormal activity that was happening in the area. He even recalls a time that he drove past the North Power Plant and for about a quarter-mile stretch of road, he has an uneasy feeling, and he says that he's not an easily scared man. 
I have to believe that, seeing as he went to West Virginia too and find out what was going on with these, this winged creature. Uh, but over that quarter-mile stretch of road, he had an extremely uneasy feeling, and as soon as he passed a certain point, it left him. So he drove back through it, and he noticed that when he drove back through it, he also had the same feeling. While his ideas and theories were met with skepticism, Keel's work sparked widespread interest and influence into the paranormal world and contributed to the public's persistence of the Mothman. Keel's research and writing on the Mothman phenomenon continued to inspire and captivate those intrigued by the mysteries of Point Pleasant. His contribution to the field of cryptozoology and his unique perspective on the Mothman have left a lasting legacy on the realm of the unexplained. Okay, so now that we're, we're going to try to unpack all of that, I know at this point it's still very fact-based, timeline-based, um, but now I'm going to speak on my personal experience or my experience with the Mothman. John Keel became extremely obsessed with the Mothman case, uh, and I can see why. Just doing the research for this, I've been doing research for this episode for over a year. Like I said, there's so much. It has ghosts, it has aliens, it has cryptids, which for me, this was my first kind of deep dive into cryptids. Before this, I had barely even heard of what a cryptid was. And for those of you that don't know, cryptids are creatures that people haven't, I guess, proven exist yet, is the layman's term for crypt a cryptozoologist or cryptozoology. They're thought to be real. That includes your Sasquatch or Bigfoot, your Loch Ness Monster, um, many other sea creatures that are out there. The Kraken is one. And of course, Mothman. So when I first started, I got into the paranormal realm because I had experienced what I believe to be a spirit. Getting into it, you know, there's a lot that goes into this realm and what people believe on the topic of the paranormal. You know, there's people that believe in the occult. There's people that believe in only UFOs. Mothman was the first time getting into it. I was studying something. I was kind of like, oh, this seems hokey. But the more that I got into it and the more I saw that it had other things connected with it, weird incidences that were connecting with it, really t resonated with me because that's why I started doing this, was to find out if these things were at all connected. John Keel captures that perfectly in his book, The Mothman Prophecies. Through the Mothman encounters, we see that it's not just one of these things. I mean, we heard it in Woodrow Durnberger's interview. This thing got out of the craft and spoke to him telepathically. It's, it's just wild to think that all this was happening, happening in this small triangle around Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Now, through the years, there have been other Mothman sightings um, before catastrophes. Um, there was uh, some that happened in Spain. I believe there was one in Chicago. So people kind of now believe that the Mothman is is a sign of, or an omen. So he's trying to warn something. That's that's what really came out of the, the Point Pleasant incident, too, is people really started to think that the Mothman showing up there uh, was to warn them of something going on. Believe it or not, I, in, when you get into this and you think about aliens, and you're trying to explain to somebody that doesn't believe in aliens or UFOs or extraterrestrials, you can sound crazy. But on the same token, if you believe in ghosts but you don't believe in UFOs, you can get into a whole debate about what gives you belief in that thing. So getting into cryptids was new territory. But as I got into it, it's something that I, I realized that you can't really pick and choose what you believe when it comes to this you can. I'm not I'm not ruling that out, but what I'm saying is when we're all talking about things that we were trying to prove at the same time, it's kind of hard to discredit somebody on those grounds for me. So at least I'd like to do my own research and and see if I can come to a conclusion that points to it not being there. So 
I have a small, very small interaction with the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. At a time, I was living in North Carolina. I'm originally from Ohio, and when I would drive home, I would take US 35 through there. I never even knew. I never even knew that the name of the town was Point Pleasant. I remember seeing signs, but I never put two and two together that I had driven through there until I started looking at maps of it and seeing the name Gallipolis, Ohio, because that was always a stop where I would stop for gas. But I, I, when I would travel, it would always be night already. And I would usually be one of several cars on the road. And it was an extremely, extremely weird and uneasy feeling driving through there at night. Um, I didn't see the, I didn't see the glowing red eyes, but there were things at times where I, I swear, uh, I always chalked it up to, I had been driving for too long or it was night and I would see things there. I would see things that I didn't really think were there. Weird shapes, um, things moving across the road. And it was one of those things that I always uh, was really on ease driving through there. And when I would return back, it would always be during the day. And I would never have any of this weird stuff happen to me when I was driving back through the day. The Mothman journey is one that will suck you in as soon as you start to do your own research on it. And like I said, it it has everything you could want. And the stories are countless for the, for the time. Uh, in this episode, I just tried to hit on key ones that kind of map together um, a cohesive understanding of how you got there. And then tied in Keel's. And John Keel interacted with many of these people in these that had these incidents. Um, and he was there actually when the Silver Bridge collapsed. So it wasn't like he came, reported, left. He came, he would leave, he would come back. He developed relationships with these people in Point Pleasant. But this is just the beginning of our journey into the cryptid world. Who knows which one we'll do next. If you have a cryptid that you are fascinated with or love, drop it in the comments or send an email in to herewithuspodcast22 at gmail.com and I would love to do an episode on it. That's it for this episode. I'm Cliff Shanholzer and thank you for being here with us.